Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all our South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable with Boston Connect Real Estate's broker team. My name is Melissa Wallace and I am joined in studio by both of my team members, Mary Baker. Hi. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. And Sharon McNamara. Hello to all. (laughs) Um, Tonight, we are going to be talking about um, navigating home buying and selling at the same time. And I just realized I never changed the the top of the page, but so don't say home staging. That was last week. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you you look down below, there there it is. Um, We're going to be talking about navigating home buying and home selling at the same time. Last week, we did talk about home staging and we had a couple callers uh, call in because we were promoting our new listing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do well, you know what the address is? Oh, my goodness. And, you know, the thing is, is we did reach back to uh, both people. I know that I called the woman who called and I've sent her a couple. I called her, but she didn't. Well, she answered, but then it was weird. And then I sent her two text messages and never heard back from her. So I really want to give her a $25 gift card. Yeah. Well, I heard back from my guy, so I'm sending him a $25 gift mm-hmm. card. So if okay. you... Uh, I don't know. We got to give more gift cards out uh, yeah. this week. We also have those um, those those <clears throat> things that you bought from Will. Was it Will's school that you bought? Yes, yeah. I do have those. Those are great. Yeah, we should give those away as well. Yeah, what, what, are, like, what are those? They're like uh, <laughs> coupon. The coupon things for yeah, local like, businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a donation um, type program that the high school football team was doing mm-hmm. and it's um it's like a little you know like a stop and shop like card when you, you get your little discounts so a bunch of local businesses were offering discounts at certain places and i think actually like mcdonald's and different places like that are on it so um you can get some good uh discounts so we will i think we have three of those uh i have two on my desk oh okay yeah perfect then i guess if you're we'll interested give those two away oh yeah because they were 25 dollars a piece i bought four and gave two away already yeah 
So, um, yeah, so we have we have two of those. So yep. we'll, during the show, we'll come up with something for, to have somebody well, Why don't we have somebody call us? If Can you remember what the address was to my new listing that we were oh talking about gosh. last week without us saying it? Because <laughs> we can follow up to that and what has happened since last week. We certainly can. Yes, we yeah. put that house on the market. We ended up ultimately having showings. You can't tell people they got, they got a call. And I'm not going to give the address. Okay. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we had showings. Open house on Sunday. It was fantastic. I did it by myself. I was like a one on paper hanger, but I, I managed. And then Melissa came and I was like, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was great met a lot of great, wonderful couples and people and ended up with 10 offers and um, accept, accepted one of them ultimately this morning. So yeah. So if you remember what that address is, call Ben 781-837-4900 and we'd love to chat with you. So uh, give us a buzz. Yeah. So why don't we just jump right into it? So, you know, you guys did uh, receive 10 offers on that property. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to be talking about like what's going on in today's market in regard to somebody who is looking to sell their home and purchase another home at the same time. So we're going to be talking about our top tips for doing those simultaneously. Would you suggest doing one meaning selling uh, before doing the other or are, are they sort of financially secure enough to purchase another property before selling their 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 current property so why don't we start off by sort of what's going on in the market are you seeing buyers um, putting in offers that have home sale contingencies and how often are you seeing that mm-hmm. I think it's an it's um, an inevitability that some people will always have a home sale contingency if they don't have anywhere mm-hmm. um, necessarily to go or maybe a family that's too large um, or circumstances don't allow for interim housing or maybe they don't have family in the area. So we'll mm-hmm. always have some type of home sale contingencies, but it certainly is less and less. And the more competitive, I thought you were looking at my shirt. I was like, what, oh, did yeah. I stain something? Did I <laughs> dribble coffee on myself? Because that would be me. Um, but the more and more multiple offer situations we're seeing, the less I would say the home sale contingencies are being either put in or looked at. They have to be super, super secure, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like out of the 10, can we say this? Out of the 10 that we got, mm-hmm. how many had a home sale contingency? Yeah. Did you remember? I, I don't have my I list with me. Two. two. I think two. Yeah. So two, two out of eight. So what that's well, 20%. Well, really one in the offer and yeah. the other one was hidden in the, uh, in the pre-approval. Yeah. So Melissa found that. But she we, was we found it. We're all investigators over here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so out of the 10, so, uh, you know, 20%, uh, that was good math on 20, my part. 20% Somebody tell this me. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I feel like you guys were seeing it a lot more often, uh, maybe even a year ago, maybe even a little bit longer than a year ago. Mm-hmm. And even and it's, it's surprising because at this price point, you would think that they would all have something to sell. It's, and it's not typically a price point that a first time home buyer would have, but mm-hmm. we'll get into the reason why maybe the eight other um, buyers didn't have anything to sell. Um, but I mean, do you agree, Mary, that they, it was more prominent to have a home sale contingency maybe a year ago. Yeah, I think it was more com- more commonplace, more, I hate to say acceptable, but more understandable. Now we're just seeing, I mean, 
I would equate today's market as the wild, wild west. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is kind of, um, I feel like I need a horse and a lasso and I'm going to lasso me some listings and, or find some houses for buyers. Cause it's, it's definitely, um, unsettling out there. Yeah. I, um, I was even looking in MLS today. I was looking at like the hot sheet that I have for our office and then some of the things that have come on the market, like in the surrounding towns and even like, obviously we're not listing the property, but I'm like, okay, that's listed in the threes. It'll go in the fours. <laughs> that's listed in the fours. It'll go in the fives, you know? So, you know, and it's, it's sort of sad because Mary and I were talking about this. I was talking to a, a, an attorney about it today and I was talking to an appraiser over the weekend about it. And you know, the buyers are the ones that are causing this frenzy Mm. against themselves. It's like they're bidding against each other and really like slicing throats all over the place. I mean, there's blood in the streets for these houses, (laughs) (laughs) but it's really, it is delineating. And this is one of my worries and fears. And I'm also on the affordable housing committee for the town of Pembroke. And one of my worries and concerns Mm. is we are definitely putting our, well, our location, our state, but I think it is, you know, nationwide, we're, we're making a delineation between the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that at all. Mm. That's not fair. I mean, it is, there are no, there's no chance for a first time home buyer or somebody that is maybe struggling, maybe somebody coming out of a divorce or somebody coming out of an illness or something like that, that there is no way that they can save the kind of money that we're seeing people putting down for these houses. And that's who's winning. The people who are winning these bids are the ones who have already sold their home. They're waiving home inspections. They're waiving mortgage inspections. There's no appraisal contingencies. And they're putting a blank ton of money down. (laughs) A blank ton. A blank ton of money down. And like, there's no way that the average average, I mean, whatever a person can handle that. No. So I'm, I'm sort of nervous about it. I mean, I think it's exciting for sellers. Um, but when you're working both sides of that, it's, it's a little reckless out there right mm-hmm. now. That's what we've been saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So having said that, do you feel as though the buyers that do have a home sale contingency for whatever reason they have right now, um, are they feeling discouraged when they're putting in their offers? I would, I mean, I would definitely th- say it's just, it depends, I guess, on what stage you're at, mm-hmm. what that stage, what stage in the process because you're at. Because we're closing on one tomorrow and they had a home sale contingency, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, and we accepted it. I mean, and it was a VA loan. We yep. accepted it. You know, we're looking at everything. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, but just because they had a home sale contingency, there were also other defining factors that still made them the most logical and best offer for our clients. So just to say, um, put a blanket statement out there and say, we don't accept any home sale contingencies, that's not the case. It's It has to be a combination or a culmination of um, all of the right factors. Mm-hmm. So if you have a home sale contingency and you really want a fighting chance, you need to be on market with a signed purchase and sale, probably even with an appraisal done with a secure buyer that doesn't have mm-hmm. anything to sell on the other end. Yeah. Um, and I know that we're talking fast. You're listening to Talk Real Estate <laughs> on uh, WATD here and uh, Talk Real Estate Roundtable uh, with our team. So you have uh, Melissa, Sharon, and Mary here tonight. And you can see us on Facebook Live if you want to see us in our studio, saying hello to all of our friends out there. Uh, past shows you can find the there as well, or on our podcast at uh, Talk Real Estate Roundtable. But if you have any questions for us, this is a really, really 
intriguing conversation that we're having. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be extraordinarily transparent through this conversation that we're having tonight because we really want to help buyers have that advantage and sellers who are trying to manipulate both at the same time. So mm -hmm. uh, give us a call 781-837-4900 or you can text me at 781-294-4848. That's my cell phone, 781-294-4848. Uh, so we've had people in the past texting me, but we'd love to hear from you. So please call. Um, when so, what are some of the advantages of selling your house before purchasing your next? So what? what okay, I'm I'm a seller, but I'm also want to purchase something. I'm going to sell my house. What are my options? Where where can I go? Um, and and sort of what um, what what would you? What was you, what would you suggest? Um, so one of the things too, that I wrote in my notes, just sort of following up on your beginning topic about like the inventory, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we have this influx of buyers. And it's almost like somebody put um, like a, a stopper in the sink and the buyer pool is stuck and mm -hmm. there's more and more and more and more buyers. And that has a lot to do with, you know, the low rates and everything. But in my notes, I wrote low and then I crossed out low and wrote no <laughs> inventory. So it used to be low inventory. Now it's no inventory. Yeah. Um, so the thing, the thing, and here's the thing, having a home sale contingency today in all reality isn't a bad thing. Think about that. If somebody comes to me and they have a home to sell, well, I, I hope I, I have well, a buyer. I have six buyers right yes, now, yeah. ready, willing, and able. And the 34 agents in our office, the majority of them have clients. And every agent we talk to has clients. So it will sell. So I think the nervousness maybe has to sort of diminish. And I think a lot of that not accepting that contingency offer is based on agents like myself who like to have control. Well, not even that, but so you do accept home sale contingencies, but only if it's accompanied with yeah. the price, the conditions mm -hmm. and all of it. Like it, it's, it's a pretty little package in a bow and it has like one little ding on it. Yeah. It's, and it's already had assigned PNS, like that makes you feel comfortable. But what about these people? We got one yesterday. I read the love letter. I wanted to give them my house, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and, and I don't even get this emotional, but in their situation, their house is going on the market this week. So mm -hmm. like, it's like you're not timing. Yeah, yeah timing. your house isn't even on the market yet. So now mm -hmm. I have to take the risk of your agent doing a good job to get that house on the market. But, and, and I'm sure that they will. We have a lot of great agents around here on the South Shore, uh, whether they work for Boston Connect or not. Um, I personally think we have the best, but you know what? I am biased on that. Um, but we do. We're lucky. We have yeah. a lot of great agents. I mean, I had some wonderful Sorry. conversations today with the nine other agents that didn't get the offer accepted. But um, like the, the worry is, especially in the higher price ranges, is now when that next house is selling, is the person buying that have something to sell as well? Mm -hmm. So the tail gets a little long and that's why it gets and nervous. And the control gets a little less. And I don't think I answered your question. I'm sorry. That's okay. But it, that's sort of <laughs> what the next part of, of uh, what I wanted to talk about is sellers receiving offers with home sale contingencies. And what is it that you're looking for mm -hmm. when, you, when you get that? So, um, but I had a thought with something that you were saying and I can't remember and it was, I don't know, Mary, you talk. So something that you had mentioned is like, what, what are you looking? No, what is an advantage for a seller putting their house on the market? Um, like why would they put their house on the market and have a home sale contingency? Well, 
or sell it before what they what are they yeah. going to do mm-hmm. if you put your house on the market there's no true way to know in this market what you are going to get for your house so imagine i say your house is worth five hundred thousand dollars and you're banking all of your numbers on five hundred thousand dollars and you're trying to look for a certain property within that range of the equity that you're going to take in the mortgage you can get but then we put your house on the market and in a market previous to today maybe you got Four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but in today's market, maybe you get six hundred thousand dollars. Like that's how crazy it Mm -hmm. is when you're talking about the um, the differences in sale um, list price to sale price ratio that we're seeing right now. So if I knew I had a hundred thousand dollars more to play with, I'd probably be looking at different houses, or potentially, Mm -hmm. or be planning my future a little differently. So that's a good point. I like that point. So, well, you know, and that was actually, we have a buyer that's a seller and a buyer that's doing this. They don't really know what their all in number is going to be on the house that they can purchase. So they have no idea how far over asking they can go mm-hmm. on houses that they want to buy until they know what they can get for their house. Mm-hmm. And the only way to truly know that is to list and put your house on the market. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And did we want to talk about the options of, well, one thing options uh, of housing? Well, I'll go back to like your initial question too is like the reason why when we're looking at offers, so I'm primarily a very heavy listing agent, right? I had to put an offer in for Mary on Sunday because she was tied up with buyers and she's like, can you put this offer together? And I was like, oh, <laughs> so yes, I will do that. <laughs> but I had to put on my buyer hat for a minute, but I was like, this guy is already priced at the um, emotional, the, the emotional, emotional value. value. Oh, $100,000 over. He was listed at the emotional value. Mm-hmm. And now you have to go over that too. See, yeah. like, I like that when I'm the listing agent because my job is to get my client the most amount of money. It's not too fun to be it's in the life with having the shoe on the opposite foot. <laughs> no, it isn't at all. But I'll tell you, so this week, Mel, you put together the spreadsheets for us when we get all these offers. So this week and last week, we had three, in the past three weeks of basically, we've had houses that come on the market, multiple offers, 10 plus offers. When I sit with my clients and I have the spreadsheet, and what I do is I highlight, okay, what do you think, what is the biggest concern or objection you have to somebody purchasing your house? The number one thing is always home sale contingency. Mm. Always. So then I go and I highlight that whole row red, like a light mm-hmm. red, but that's always the first one. Mm-hmm. It's never price. Interesting, right? Because everybody wants to be in control and want, have, want to have some semblance of control. Yeah. But it isn't, I mean, everything is going to sell. It's just a matter of sometimes even when it sells, because I still do believe you have to price the house according, like appropriately. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we are getting offers that are so exceedingly over asking right now is because mm-hmm. we are pricing them accordingly. I mean, you can't, um, you know, I price, price them your according house. according to the appra- like the data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't then, you know, if we had taken our ranch on, um, school street that mm-hmm. was listed for 375 and priced that at 500,000 or 550,000. I don't know that we would have gotten people through the door to say like, Oh, of course that this makes perfect sense. No. Yeah. It, I just even looking in MLS, I rare, like now you rarely see a price change, you know, mm-hmm. things are oh. sort of being under, like, I, I wonder how many uh, price changes have been in MLS in the past three months, six months. Um, I saw, I've only seen one, but they did it really quick, which I thought mm-hmm. was, I feel like I, I thought was interesting. The same one. 
maybe. Um, but I, I remember my thought. I was I was talking with Michelle Fay, who is a full time agent here at Boston Connect Real Estate, this morning, um, and we were just talking about um, you know the office meeting that we had last week and sort of what we talked about with people doing open houses and stuff. And I told her I was like, you know, when I first started with Mary and Sharon five years ago, they had maybe. 10 listings that were still on the market that they were doing open houses at every single mm-hmm. weekend. And I just remember being the one to have to call and ask, can we do an open house this weekend? Can we do it at this time? And some of the clients saying, no, like we've already done en- mm-hmm. enough. And some of the things that we talked about last week at our office meeting was like, we keep going around and around and like doing, uh, you know, how are we going to do open houses and all this stuff. It was like, right now we're just doing one open house. Like they're not last, like they're not lasting on the market. So we're just sort of talking in circles right now because you know, nothing, we're not doing multiple open houses unless it's the same weekend. We're not doing multiple open houses at, at the, at the same property. We don't have a problem right now with, Oh, who's going to do this open house. Who's going to do that open house. I mean, everything is just in one weekend. So yeah, that's how they've been going. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, we sort of started talking about it, but what, if, if, when you're a seller and you receive, you know, an offer that has a home sale contingency, what are you looking for mm-hmm. in regard to their property that they need to sell? Well, a lot of times, I mean, if you only have one offer, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it was, it was something that we did all the time. If you only have one offer and it's a good offer, but they have a home to sell, well, all right, then I would usually do like an analysis on that house as well. Find out how much the house is going to go on the market for. Sort of use sort of power of deduction to try and figure out. Yeah, like what type, like what demographic is going to be purchasing that house? Is there a chance that that demographic is going to have a house to sell to purchase that house? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I'm selling, you know, a small cape, let's say first time home buyer, single family, well, that next person has a condo to sell chances are the person that was going to buy that doesn't have a four bedroom colonial to sell, Mm -hmm. you know, chances are, I mean, they could because they're right sizing, but chances are they don't. So, um, and it's also important to know those things because, um, you know, with timelines being so short, some of the closings aren't happening on time. So mm-hmm. if it's being extended, but you have a domino effect, so now, okay, the first property isn't closing on time. So now we, now the second property isn't going to, the third property isn't going to, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to be weary about weekends and, and, you know, there's just so many factors. So you want to make sure that everything lines up. Everybody is sort of you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Everybody's getting mm-hmm. everything that they need to get signed and, and over to whoever. Um, but but it could, it could, and I just said this to, to pretty much everybody in the office meeting that not a lot of things are closing on time. Yeah. Because the timelines are so short mm-hmm. and, you know, banks are, um, appraisers are backed up and, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing their best, but, um, you know, you can only handle so much. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we have somebody who's listening to us on uh, Facebook. So, Mr. Paul McCray, he's one of our favorites. Hey, Paul. Um, oh. So, we haven't seen him in forever. Yeah. Um, I see him all the time on Facebook, though. Him and his wife do some, some really fun things. But he wrote, my coworker listed his home on Friday in Situate for six seventy five. Accepted offer yesterday for eight hundred dollars Wow. I mean, can you imagine? I mean... It's just, it's it's just crazy out there. And that's the thing is, you know, the the people, 
you know, the sellers out there, this is a really good time if you're a seller and you can sell because you're going to make bank on selling your house. I mean, Mark and I have a two family um, that we did as a um, just sort of an investment property. And that's where we keep staging stuff and everything for Boston Connect. And he has plumbing stuff and we rent out a couple of apartments. But I said to him, should we think about selling our two family at this point? Because I'd love to maybe buy something down in Florida. Wouldn't that be fun to have a Boston Connect like Florida mm-hmm. house and everybody can like take a week in Florida house? Like, yeah, we could do something. We could, we could have fun with that. If you sell 10 houses as an agent, you get to use the house for free for a week. If you sell wow. 20 houses, you get two weeks. 30 houses, you get three weeks. What if you sell 60 houses? Six weeks. How many weeks? Okay. <laughs> so we'll be there for six weeks. We'll be there for six weeks. <laughs> I, I can do that. Yeah. I'm into that. Exactly. So, um, but you know, that's the thing. It's just the way the market is. If you don't have some place to go, there are options mm. for people and what mm. they can do. So one of them, is this in your list? Am I jumping? Yeah. No, just keep on going. Okay. So one of the options would be that you could live with family. I know that nobody wants to do that, but I feel like there are a lot of family members who are considering that right now just to help out another family member. Who doesn't want to see a family member get ahead in life, right? Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people, if they're selling, that's a great way for them to maybe pay off debt and, and you know, just get back on track, live with family for a little while and they'll have cash on hand. So as a buyer, they're going to be in a much better position, but you know what? Can you stay there a year and save and see if this market goes anywhere? So not to interrupt, but why would they be in a better position? Because they don't have that home sale contingency. They already sold the house. So they're going to have a larger down payment if they're staying with family. That's the thing. People have money out there right now because they have so much money. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, The other option is, is they could try to find a rental, which are far and few in between. Uh, But you could try to rent, maybe rent for a year or maybe find something that's short term or something like that. Now, we sold a house a year and a half ago or more, and she went into a short term rental and we still haven't been able to find a house for her because the competition is so wide. Um, So, you know, maybe renting. Uh, what's the other options? Leasebacks? Leasebacks. Yep. That's on my list. Good yeah. one. One of our agents, actually, she um, sold her condo in Norwood, I think. Or oh, yeah. Or whatever the, whatever yeah. town. <laughs> it's one of those towns. Um, <laughs> and she did a leaseback because she's actually purchasing new construction and it mm-hmm. just wasn't done. And the timing was right for her to sell. And um, she's doing a leaseback. So. And that's a great idea. And that's a great option because buyers right now are literally willing to do anything to make you happy. I mean, that's the thing too. It's like I had so many agents calling me when they were writing up the offers, like, what is the best time frame? What is like, what's their favorite like color? What's their favorite flower? Because I'll send flowers. You know what I mean? It's just, it's anything and everything that they can do to make their offer look better than somebody else's. Um, so I think that having it sold is a good idea. The other, th- I had another good idea. Okay. Just let's uh, hear it. Just travel. Get, get a little RV and travel. Uh, Actually, somebody, I think it was a house that one of our buyers was looking at. The seller's were thinking about doing just that. They were, it mm-hmm. was contingent upon them finding suitable housing. Actually, now it's all coming back to me. It's a house that we have an offer in on right now. Um, but they were considering doing that. If they couldn't find something, mm. they were just going to kind of 
Yeah, well, tra- think, take uh, a year off and travel. So many people, you don't even have to take the year off. So many people are working mm-hmm. remotely. It does not even very matter much, where you are. So, so yeah. I mean, these RVs, they have internet in them. So, you know what? Just hop in an RV and head to Arizona. Okay. <laughs> Sedona. But come back to purchase something in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for our we, need we need that. Um, exactly. Yeah. So definitely you want to look for if there are properties on the market. If it is, does you know it have an accepted offer? Do they have a signed purchase and sales? Um, you know, you want to know how far in the selling process they are. So, mm-hmm. you know, has the appraisal been done? That's a good one. Oh, yeah. um, you know, that their buyer has secured their financing. financing. Yeah. So again, I, I have down, you know, what ki- kind of financing they're going for. So are they, you know, do they have a cash buyer? That would be great on theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or or do they have financing as well? Um, <clears throat> well, that is one, the situation with one of our listings is that the per, it is contingent upon selling something, but the person is a cash buyer, yeah. right? So, I mean, we were fine with that. So we actually have two houses right now with a contingency, home mm-hmm. sale contingency. So if you're looking to buy a house and you're a buyer, maybe you should come put an offer on our houses. Put some offer on our houses because we're we're realistic. I mean, we're looking at what the best is for uh, for our clients. But the other thing that we're not even saying here is there. In this sort of goes with what I was just talking about. The buyers will do anything. Is you could make the sale of your house contingent upon you finding suitable housing, and the buyers most likely will let you because they're probably at mom and dad's house or somebody's house or renting or doing something. But Mary, why don't you talk about the downfalls of that from a buyer perspective? I mean, it's it's definitely something that we're seeing a lot of. I, I, I see it probably more so than not actually that um, homes are contingent upon a seller is finding and securing suitable housing, which is where we get the idea of the lease back and, and kind of how I write it up is, you know, contingent upon the seller finding a house within 30 days um, and with a signed purchase and sales agreement, or if you select a definitive closing date, we'll offer you a 45 to 60 day lease back at no cost to the seller. Mm-hmm. So the buyer is essentially carrying the cost of the mortgage for that two months. Um the reason that an open home sale, con- uh, suitable housing contingency, sorry, could be scary is essentially with the no inventory, quote unquote, no inventory market mm-hmm. that we're in right now, um, it, you could end up getting an accepted offer on a property subject to the seller finding suitable housing. And in all reality, that seller isn't able to secure anything mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. Maybe they, they, they're they still going to have to have a home sale contingency in their offer when they go to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're only looking in one specific town. That's always really difficult right now. Maybe none of their offers got accepted. Do you know how many agents said to me, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm calling with some bad news. One agent like cracked me up. She's like, that's okay. She's like, this is their 13th one I've lost. Well, so I, I was overhearing your conversations earlier today and I hope that I'm as nice when people tell me on the other end mm-hmm. because it's almost, do you feel that the buyer's agents are kind of just defeated? Like, okay, yeah, yeah I mean, right. the it's buy, just it's, another we, punch to the gut. Let, we let's keep going. Definitely have buyer and buyer agent fatigue going on right now. And I'm not going <laughs> to lie, Mary, you've been a little... <laughs> I had a nervous breakdown the other day. Yeah, you you were wild. (laughs) Like, really wild. And poor Sam just, like, walked in the room and you're like, do I look like I'm finished talking on the telephone right now? (laughs) And I was like... 
I, I put the phone on like speaker so Mark could hear and I was like, uh, somebody's having a nervous breakdown. So that's buyer agent fatigue. Well, it's, I think, so if I'm just being honest, why that happens is because it's very hard to be a buyer's agent and advise your client to do something right now. Like we, mm-hmm. no, no matter what I think is strong, no matter where mm-hmm. I think the value of the house truly is, um, there's uh, there's no way to gauge somebody else's emotional attachment mm-hmm. to that property. Yeah, I and, agree. And it's, so when I have a client coming to us and saying, hey, do you think this is an appropriate number for this house? My logical brain says, sure I do. That's a great offer. And then I say, but it's probably not going to do it. It's probably not going to do it. It's probably not going to get accepted because somebody else is going to come in there and throw a sticker shock number mm-hmm. and have a 20 to 40% um, down payment. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing we can do. And there was one agent in particular that I spoke with today. And it was so interesting because, and one of the reasons why we'd like to call, you know, when we have to do this, it's really hard for us. But you as a buyer agent, I think that what you are feeling is you're you're empathetic towards what your buyers are going through, right? Mm. Because like you don't like you're so deflated because you're thinking that they're doing such great offers. Oh, I felt the one last night. I felt it. Yeah. It hurt my heart. Yeah. I know. We got, I got a rejection last night. It hurt my heart. Yes. <laughs> and this one here, you know, the one I was talking to the, all the agents today and I call every single agent back and I want to have a discussion with them just to let them know what was the reason why their offer wasn't chosen? Mm. I think that's super important. Is Yeah. Is there anything that if, if I can help you help your client in any way? And one agent I spoke to, I was like, well, I just want to let you know, like your offer actually was the lowest amount. And she's she was shocked. If she was standing that. up, she would have fallen down. Like, I heard that. And I was like, I know that's just where we are in this market. And she was just absolutely positively shocked. And I was like, well, that's the way that it's going right now. Mm. So, but the other reason I called them too is, you know, they're looking, they, they just put an offer in on a four bedroom colonial and we just happen to have two colonials coming on the market next week in the same town in Pembroke. So, you know, we have a four bedroom coming on and we have a three bedroom coming on. So at least we can give them a head start to let them know like, Hey, there is going to be more inventory next week. Yeah. So uh, any hopefully there's one out at the end of tunnel. I don't have any questions. No. You're Sorry. on Facebook. <laughs> want to give, give out the phone number? Sure. It's 781-837-4900. Give Ben a call so you can be uh, transferred to us and talk about anything. Doesn't even have to be real estate related. If you just mm. like Dunkin' Donuts, just let us know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so something else that you sort of want to know is like... If, if they have to sell their house, are they using all of the proceeds from their house in order to purchase? Because mm-hmm. that might be the reason why they don't have a large down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever it is that they're putting down with the offer and with the purchase and sales. I know I'm talking a lot, but that's a, such a really, really good, is I pat you. <laughs> that's a really, really that's a good, that's job. a very good point. But the, re, the thing is, is, I mean, this spreadsheet that you put together for us, you know, I'm calculating, okay, this person put down, you know, that this is how much money they're putting down for a deposit. So the first, uh, you know, the first one is usually a thousand. We're seeing a lot of five thousands now. The second one, we'd like to see 5% total, right? Between mm-hmm. the two second deposits, the first deposit and the second deposit at PNS. So we had a lot of 5%. Well, we also had people putting down 10% or more 
But then you know what sticks out like a sore thumb is the one that just gives a flat sum, like a flat amount, 20,000. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, that's 3.2%. You're going for a jumbo loan. So I know you have to have some money somewhere. So why right. aren't you willing to risk it? Does that mean you're a flight risk? Yeah. <laughs> well, so maybe something that's important, because I actually get this question all the time. Why would somebody care? Like, why does the seller care if you're putting down 1000 2000 2500 5000 at the initial deposit, the first deposit with the offer? Why does that matter? Mm. Like, what is the incentive to go any higher? I think because I see it one way. Yeah, I just think it just shows the buyer that you are serious. I mean, the seller that you are serious about this purchase and that your intent is not to walk away. And that that money is the consideration that you're giving him to or her to let them know that you're in this game to stay in the game. So I, I see that. But I think when you have, I think it only matters um, really when you waive your um, home inspection. Yeah, I was going to say it, it would depend for me, it would depend on what the other contingencies are. Mm-hmm. So if they have a home inspection, that could be their out too. Mm-hmm. So you can put $100,000 down with your yeah. offer and, but I'm still doing a home inspection. And if I don't like that, the kitchen sink doesn't have good water pressure, then I'm walking away mm-hmm. and I yeah. get my money back. Um, so I, it's almost like, oh, it's just like a placeholder. It is, but it's a better placeholder than having somebody in there at $1,000 that might say, oh, another house came on the market. I'm just going to mm-hmm. walk away. Mm-hmm. before the home inspection. Does oh. that really happen though? Like, do what does it? I'm, I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has. If any of our attorneys are listening and I'm sure Paul McRae has seen it at some point in his history of working at, attor- at mm-hmm. law offices, I'm sure people do it. Well, we had somebody who did it in one of our listings in Hingham. The first offer that we got walked away from $1,000 was out of contract. Oh yeah. Yeah. So right. yeah, people do do it. Okay. Yeah. And there's even like, you know, after purchase and sales, if somebody's trying to walk away, there's negotiating, like, you know, mm-hmm. not getting their full deposit back, you splitting it or whatever. Um, so there's, I mean, you could walk away, but it doesn't mean that you're walking away with the money that you, you put down. Mm-hmm. Um, and too, think about that. I mean, if somebody knows they're going to walk away, are they going to go through the process? I mean, we talked to a client. This is the other thing that's really risky out there right now. I mean, we could talk about this show literally until eight o'clock tonight. <laughs> but when I put that offer in the other day and I noticed, you know, our buyer's agents need to slow the heck down right now because... Uh, this person wanted to put the offer in. It was like, I didn't see it. So I'm like, all right, let me look at all the pictures and I'm trying to find comparables. And then I was like, oh good, the Title V report is here. And thank goodness, because I recognized that the agent, it wasn't in this area, it was a little bit further out, like South Coast. It it was marketed as a four bedroom and it was a three bedroom septic. Mm. So like you have to do these things and the offer was due on a Sunday. So I said to the buyer. Sunday at five o'clock, please don't, if any agents listen to us, please please don't do that. that. Please don't do that. And then I said to the buyer, I was like, I'm sorry, but like town hall isn't open right now. Like I can't do any research other than this research here to see if the title five is a typo or if the public record is a typo, Mm. but something's a typo. Mm. Okay. Only a few more minutes left. What was the second bill? I don't know. I think he thinks we That was bill number two. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. So any sort of final thoughts, uh, you know, with, in regard to suitable housing or selling your pro like whatever, whatever you want to sort of say to end the show. <laughs> I think we have to stop being scared of suitable housing in general. Yeah. So if, if as an 
as a whole, if we can stop being scared of the suitable housing aspect and just get sellers putting their houses on the market, then there will be more for them to choose from. And mm-hmm. we can kind of keep the cycle going, like mm-hmm. keep getting the inventory coming. Mm-hmm. So we have to stop being scared and start figuring out a way how to work with the sellers with suitable housing contingencies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for sellers to realize that we're still, I know you're hearing it. I know you're hearing that the market is crazy. I know you're hearing that houses are going for a hundred thousand dollars over asking. I know that you're hearing that, but we still have to use the appraised comps, like the, the sold comps to come up with your range. So you need to still be priced within that range because in some instances, you do get offered, like you might get 10 offers, but every single one of them, one of the one we had in Halifax, right? There weren't many that had a lot of money to really play with. Yeah, that we, were, we weren't worried about in an, um, an appraisal, mm-hmm. right? So I think that you have to really understand that as a seller, like this is really the value of your home and any emotional value offers that we get is really on that person because that's sort of my favorite thing to say is, you know, when people will write in there, that was the second thing that went. Anybody that wrote, like, I'm going to offer you this much money over asking and then said that the house has to appraise <laughs> at or above. Well, okay, you're you're red now too. <laughs> like you're, you're bright red. You're not you're bright red. red. You're not getting the house, okay? But with the appraised part of it, if they don't have a lot of money to put down and it's not going to appraise, it's still not going to happen. Do you have the differential to make up that money? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many things that we're looking at. We have to do a show on that because that's something that you said earlier is that, Um, if you don't have like buyers, the reason that the market is getting so heightened is because Mm -hmm. buyers have a lot to put down, meaning when they're bidding so far over asking, they're actually the ones dictating what the houses are selling for because they can make up the difference between appraised value and sale price. And a lot of them, okay, I'm just going to use fake numbers. House goes on the market for $800,000. I'll just say, I'll use a lower number. House goes on the market for $500,000. That's where the appraise, like I would say, oh, an appraiser is going to come in right about this. House goes on the market, you get many offers. The house sells for $600,000, right? Mm-hmm. Then the appraisal happens and it's appraised at five twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Now there's a $75,000 difference. So who's coming up with that money? So you have to really be sure that the buyer has a lot of money to put down. So hopefully their ratio is like, okay, so if it's a jumbo, right? What they need the 20% to get rid of PMI, right? Yep. And then 15% over the sale price. I mean, the mortgage mm-hmm. amount. Is that going to be more than that 550 or whatever it appraised at? If it appraised for 525. Like people aren't thinking. They're just like, oh yeah, give me the money. Give me the money. Give me the money. And I'm like, yeah, but this this buyer is like, is going for almost hundred percent financing. They're go, like, they're going for when it doesn't appraise, you're going to have no other option, but to say goodbye to your buyer. Yeah. Or, and put it back on the market or come down in your sale price. Come that down goes, in your sale price. And who, who wants to do that when they're hearing the market is so hot, the market is so hot. I'm yeah. getting this. But ooh, when I had an appraiser call me the other day and said, Sharon, when is this going to stop? Like, this is just crazy. What is going on out there? I was like, it's because so many now use that same example. So now the person the house is on the market for 500, somebody offers 600, it appraises at 525, but they're only going for a loan of 250. It, it didn't appraise, but the buyer doesn't care and the bank doesn't care. So when that's sold in MLS, it's a sale for $600,000. So this market is only going to continue to go upward. And this is where we're going to have the haves and the haves nots. And I don't like it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I love that you're like yelling at me. Like, 
don't, I don't like what's going on. Sorry, Mel. I just took off there. Well, no, it's all, I mean, it's, it's a great topic. It's a heated conversation that we're literally feeling the stresses in. Mel literally told me earlier to do a video on like recap Mondays, how frustrated I was because mm-hmm. it's real. It's really well, what's going on. Um, you put and- in six offers two weeks ago and five of them were really, really good. And not one of them got accepted. Do I have time for a quick story? So they're just super, super quick, just to um, couple up on Paul McCray's comment. So there was a property that we saw on Saturday with a couple. They went in excessively over asking. They really, really tried. They have a great down payment and they put a really solid offer in. Mm-hmm. The deadline was at 11. I got it to him before 11 o'clock on a Monday morning. Um, we got it to him before then. He called me within an hour of the deadline and said, Mary, I'm so sorry. We have... 30 offers, 30 plus offers. And um, I have, so the house was listed for 649. Mm-hmm. I have offers exceeding 800,000. Mm-hmm. Now this is a three bedroom, two bath, 1,647 square foot uh, Gambrel. Mm-hmm. It's very nicely done on the interior in situate. And he said, no home sale, can, no um, home inspections, no, no mortgage contingencies, no contingencies, period. Yeah. And they, he didn't just have one of those offers. Yeah. He several. had, he had several. So that's, that's what we're dealing with out there. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. and you know, for our buyers, yeah, for our buyers too, it's, you know, people are probably saying, you know, this is the price range I'm in. I'm not even going to bother going because I mean, if you're in a $400,000 price range, you should probably be looking at houses that are on the market for 300, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Mel. We'll get off our soapbox now. Yep. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to us here at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. We will be back next Tuesday. All right, everybody. everybody. Have a great night. You can find us at bostonconnect.com. And if you need a consultation on your home because you want to put it on the market and take advantage of this heated market as a seller, 781-826-8000. We'll talk to everybody next week. We'll probably have to continue this conversation. (laughs) 